Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Uh, Today we're starting this short series on being transformed. It's one of the key kind of themes throughout the Bible, particularly the New Testament. And when we're talking about being transformed, we obviously understand the idea is going from one thing to another thing, right? Being transformed from a caterpillar into a butterfly, the metamorphosis, that kind of process, which is what kind of the, there's a similar root word in the Bible that explains the same kind of process, which is where we get the word transformed from. So there is a transformation process that that God is wanting us to go through, but transformed into what? Uh, Transformed into, like we all want to be transformed into an Avenger, Uh, someone with superpowers, but transformed into what? And just to start straight off the bat, I'll give you the the whole purpose of the Christian walk, that the main goal and the purpose of transformation is Christ-likeness. Christ-likeness is the goal of the Christian walk. We put a lot of other things as our goal of why we have faith and why we follow Jesus is that we might get or that we might do or that we might experience. And those things are all great secondary things, but never primary things. In fact, Christ-likeness is the thing that brings us peace. Christ-likeness is the one that gives you a life filled with power because he walked and lived a life filled with power. If you want to see the miracles of God, walking like Jesus is the best way to do it because in your own power and in my power, there's no chance of it. But when I start to live and start to believe and start to think and start to speak and see opportunities like Jesus did, all of a sudden the game has changed, yeah? Come on, Christ-likeness is the thing that makes us walk through suffering and pain and any circumstance different to how we default would. Walk through with strength and assurance, some confidence, We can go through all of these things and experience the best in our life that God has for us when we are more like Jesus. In fact, I can't think of one scenario where being more like Doug and less like Jesus is beneficial. I don't think that I will ever have a complaint from my wife saying, oh, you're just too patient with the kids today. (laughs) You are... It's just frustrating how understanding you are, how, how courageous we're leading this family. My kids will never be annoyed and just how similar to Jesus I am being that day. No one would be cranky at me for, for loving like God and for being considerate and kind, compassionate, bold like Jesus. There's not one circumstance I can think of where I could, if I could just tone the God thing down in my life and just like, you know, excel in the dug flesh, that would be better. Maybe if, in the wrong areas I might, but there's not one that I can think of. And so Christ-likeness is the goal. That is the, that is the purpose of transformation. When we're thinking as believers, as disciples of Jesus, what God wants to transform us is more and more into the image of Christ. And so this is what, well, this is the purpose of our Christian walk. And to sum it up, the video does it a little bit. I, I want you to picture that later today. You know, you've had lunch and you've had your nap and now you're getting a post-nap lunch snack out of the, the cupboard, right? Finding that sugar hit to get you going, ready for the next meal. You get a knock on the door and it's the Australian Olympic Committee and they've chosen you to run the next Olympic marathon for Australia. They've, we've done the research. Now, if you're a runner here or Mr. Bray's in the house, exclude yourself. The rest of us are in panic mode. 
They've said they've done the research, they've figured out all of the the DNA, the potential that was within every single Australian when they were born, and they've figured out that what was placed within you at birth, there was the potential for the greatest marathon runner in history. And here they are, finally found you, our great hope for our marathon runner, just as you're just swallowing the last part of that chocolate chip cookie. Now, you start thinking, maybe their research hasn't reminded them that I haven't run since I was a child. Other than from problems and from fears, I have not run at all. <clears throat> but here we are, and they keep telling you all of the, what they know and how, how confident they are in the process and in you that they have chosen the right one. You start to buy into it a little bit. You start picturing yourself bending over and then putting the gold medal over your neck. You start picturing what this might do to change your life and being the nation's hero. Here we go, coming from nowhere, running. I don't know, like a K a minute and for a thousand minutes. I don't know, it sounds awful no matter how you put it. But, but here you are, you start buying in going, this is, this is what I was born for. This is what I was made for. I, God put something within me. I am unique and special and here I go. I'm gonna do this. And you start thinking more and more about it. You're dreaming about it. You're starting to use all your days thinking, how do I tell my boss I'm resigning because I'm an Australian hero? I'm going to be. How do I tell my family this is so exciting? Do I do a big announcement on Facebook or do I be humble and just tell everyone in person? I don't know. Like, what, you, you start to buy into this idea that I am something amazing, that there's greatness in me. But then all of a sudden, one day, it kind of clicks just before race day. You can't run a marathon. I can't. It kind of hits going, oh, I've never run one. I don't know why I started believing that I could. But here I am, I can't run a marathon. There, is, there might be the potential within me to run a marathon, but I'd, no matter how much I want it, I can't. And here's the thing, is no matter how much you try, trying, you can try the hardest that you possibly can, your trying isn't going to get you across the line. This is what I want to talk about today, is that we are to be training for transformation. And yet many of us are stuck in the trying to be transformed. That we just turn up one day, or we put ourselves into a situation, and we try to be like Jesus. But here we are, similar to this idea of a marathon runner, is that we are to be people in training for the day in training for the scenario, in training for it, because it doesn't matter, like I, I, I go to the gym, I do different kind of training, I see some people lift some weights and just go, it doesn't matter how much I try, I'm not picking that up. Physically, I just cannot, I wouldn't be able to roll the weight across the room, someone else is repping it out, and I just stand there going, try as hard as I can, I can't do it. But the key that I understand now is going, but if I incrementally and slowly and consistently am training, one day I might. One day I could pick that up. The potential is within me. It's just the thing is, well, trying won't get me there. It's a lifestyle of training that will put me there. And the thing is, anything that is worthwhile, anything that requires change, anything that is transformative in our life requires our training, not just our trying. If you want to physically be disciplined, again, trying your hardest to have a six pack, it hasn't worked yet. Turns out I have to train. Trying to run a marathon, it won't work. I have to train for it. Anything like the, any, if I look at learning a musical instrument, what a moment it would be to sit in front of a concert hall full of people and me trying to play piano and playing a classical piece of music. 
I'm not a pianist. I'm a guitarist, I'm cool. But <laughs> it, it doesn't matter that I want to, that I want to try to do it, it's that I must have gone through learning a new language, running a business, all requires this growth, this learning, this training or form of discipleship. It is required in any significant change in life, including spiritual formation is that we are to be people that are in training for transformation. This is why Paul encourages a young disciple named Timothy. In 1 Timothy 4, it says this, to train yourself to be godly. Not try your hardest to trick everyone that you're Christian. It says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Now, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So the life of training as a Christian, as growing into the things of God, has value for us today and for later and for our eternity. I think too many, we, we kind of separate those two and we go, hey, I'm a Christian so I can get to go to heaven. <laughs> oh, you're missing a whole lot of things here and now. But also if you just go, oh, I'm a Christian because God can help me here and now. It's like, well, the, good, the goodest part is to come. A similar one that Paul talks to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians 9 says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. He's talking to people who are very familiar. There's an annual competition of athletics in Corinth. So, so they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. <laughs> My wife's just started doing park run. <laughs> running aimless. No, she's training. <laughs> I hate running, but I'm just using it as a metaphor. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I've told others the good, I've told others to come to church and I've told others that they should pray and others that they should go to small group. I make sure that I train myself that I myself may not be disqualified for the prize. See, respecting the distinction between training and merely just trying is the key to transformation in every aspect of your life. Is there anything that you want to grow in? Don't get caught in just trying harder. Understand that I, I am training for transformation. That I just wish that it was sprinkle some fairy dust and here I go from a caterpillar to a butterfly. And sometimes we find that the Holy Spirit accelerates this growth. You see some people, they go from one thing to another thing. My, my parents are a testimony to so many people they grew up with because they say, this is a quote from one of their friends, is still to this day, I heard it the other day, 80 years old going, I, I can feel like I can argue everything away about Christianity except you, Ranald, to see what you were like before Jesus and to see what you are like now, I can't explain it. You see, some, you go, geez, that's unfair. I look at that, I go, how did you cheat code that one? I feel like there are areas that the Holy Spirit could go and make me better. In fact, that would be the better way of doing it, wouldn't it? Does anyone else have a struggle with some kind of sin? There you go. Come on, Holy Spirit, tinkle bell, ding, and then, ha oh, I no longer want to do that. Oh, here I am. I can speak Hebrew and Greek, and that would make the Bible really interesting, wouldn't it? I can sing like an angel and stand up here and worship God and maybe levitate through the world and just, pam, 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 miracles. But... Turns out that the rest of us grow and we continue to move forward in the things of God. See, training for a marathon every single day might sound like the hard thing to do, but I think the harder thing to do would be to turn up on race day and just try. And many of us are living our Christian faith waiting for race day, waiting for the time where 
Well, the believer to step forward like Jesus, to respond like Christ, stepping into the moment where, you know, the, the power of God is needed or the grace, mercy, the kindness of Jesus is required. And we just hope, man, we, I hope I can try my way to bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth. See, I think maybe the intentional and consistent training might be the easier way. So when we partner with the Holy Spirit in our transformation to be more like Jesus, which is the goal, we have to understand that trying isn't just the way, but practicing. And practicing these things, known this is what the first two weeks in Fresh Air were about, these things called spiritual disciplines, that they of themselves are not the goal. What they produce with the Holy Spirit is the goal. Prayer and Bible reading and fasting and all these things are amazing. They are amazing because the Holy Spirit uses them to forge us more and more like Jesus. And that is the goal. It forges us more and more to, to know Him and to become more like Him. They themselves are not the goal. If we were able to do, uh, to become like Christ and to know God in an intimate relationship without these spiritual disciplines, go ahead. But it's not possible. That's why he consistently encourages us to go down this path. Make sure that you have a life of prayer. Pray without ceasing. Come on fast and cut the old off and connect to something worthwhile. Be a generous person. Be someone who praises God and worships intentionally. Come on, be people who celebrate, have time of contemplation in solitude and, and make sure that we are making all of these things are leading us to be more and more Christ-like. They themselves are not the goal. But they are the things that produce the outcomes. This is why we put in other things like having training partners for accountability, yeah? This is why we, have, why we do things like small groups. We want people who are our training partners, helping us grow, people to hold us accountable and being aware that we need to move forward intentionally, that we might reach the goal or as close as we can of Christ-likeness, of that relationship with God. Let's have a look at what Jesus said to a group of Pharisees who were, who they were really focused on trying to look holy. In fact, they had the rule book, the literal rule book on how to look holy. And they followed it pretty well. And so Jesus kind of comments on their behavior management. You know, we, we tend to do this quite a lot, we, is just manage our behavior so it appears a certain way. And Jesus kind of talks about this in Matthew 23. He says, hypocrites, <laughs> what a strong start. Uh, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, wash, uh, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. See, Jesus is making the point here that, that if the right things would take place internally, the outside would also be affected. That if we were to focus on making sure the right things were in, that the right thing, internal change and internal transformation were to take place, all of a sudden, behaviors are the secondary issue. Is that when we look at going, hey, I'm going to make sure I'm training, I'm putting the right things into me, that the Spirit of God within me is, is far more important of the appearance that I have. Well, all of a sudden, I get the Christ look without the first word Jesus uses here. And we are concerned about cleaning the inside of the cup. And I point out, Jesus is not saying that the outside is unimportant. He's just stating what is most important. What must be priority is the inside of our cup. 
And this is the encouragement Paul was giving, essentially in Philippians 2. It says that God works in us, giving us the desires along with the power to externally do what is right. God works in us, giving us this desire, changing us from the inside, that ultimately and eventually we, we struggle with what Paul says is like, I do the things I don't want to do, but I don't do the things I do want to do. <laughs> Wretched man am I. And we're all there. And that's that wrestle of that internal transformation and that external response. Here he's saying, hey, when we work with God, when we're allowing God to work within us, there is this desire shift within me. And then the battle is the response with the new desire I have. He's not just changing my desire, but he is giving me the power to respond in the right kind of way here. See that verb there in verse 13, that's the whole verse, uh, that says works, God works in us. This word means provides enablement. Provides enablement. It doesn't mean he does it for you. Not once yet has God attached me to strings and turned me into his puppet. Man, it would be helpful when I'm there going, I know the right thing to do right now, but I'm not. No, I remember so clearly pumping myself up with faith one day, going into a previous workplace, going, God, I'll just anything for you. I'll do, I want to see this. I believe with House of Miracles and I'll do whatever. And what I was reading and God was speaking to me so much and it was so, so great. And then all of a sudden my employer works, walks in or hobbles in with a broken leg. And I heard God pretty clearly saying, why don't you pray for her? And, I, and as quick as he said it, I responded, no. And I'm happy I heard from God. I think that's a pretty big win. <laughs> and saying no, oh, well, not the right response. I just was like, no. In that moment, I go, Lord, take over. No, eyes roll back, start floating. Go, just do what you need to do and then give me control back afterwards. But No. It's like, hey, you just experienced the voice of God and you experienced the, the move of God. The presence was here. Everything that we believe for and pray for. And I'm giving you the desire in my, your heart, which I fully had. I desired to see a miracle that day. I desired that my heart rate elevated when I heard God say, why don't you go pray? Because I desired to do it. My response just fell short in that moment because he was enabling me to do it. I remember praying afterwards going, God, would you have healed? And he said, that's for me to know. <laughs> and maybe one day I'll tell you. Like, oh, don't tell me. That'd make me sad. It's like, I enabled you to do it. I gave you the desire and I enabled you. See, we still do the living. Yeah. And he does his part. He does his part within us in order for us to then respond and do our part. So what does this look like and how does this happen? I love this verse in Colossians 2. Paul explains this. Says, and now, just as you accept Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. And we are continuing to follow him. It says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. And this little word, then. After all of that, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. See, this imagery here helps me understand to, well, how do we see this fruit? How do I see the transformation? How do I get the external change that I'm after? How do I get this transformation? What, what does training look like? I don't want to be someone who just puts on a good show and is a very leafy Christian. I want to be someone who has everlasting fruit. And he says, well, Paul's saying, let your roots grow down into Christ. Build on him. This is, this is training for transformation. So I want to show you a little simple diagram that I like and I'm playing around with a little bit for, 
for uh, people who want to, to learn how to make disciples and grow and our small group leaders and things. And I like this picture because it kind of explains here that the more of Christ, more of God that I'm experiencing, and then the responsiveness that I, I have to what I'm experiencing from God, it shows that, well, there's more Jesus-type fruit that I'm going to produce. And I'm in the way for half of you, but... As we experience the things of God and respond to those things that we're experiencing, well, then we produce fruit, yeah? yeah? So when I'm reading the Bible and it tells me, hey, this is what a follower of Jesus looks like, and I go, Lord, well, help me, empower me, give me the desire and the enablement to do that and walk out, and even though I'm shuddering and even though my heart is racing, I go, Lord, I know that you've enabled me to be able to be like you. I'm not just trying here, I've been putting the training in because all of a sudden my desire has changed, the filter I'm looking through has changed, my mindset in this situation has changed. Lord, help put me in the right place to be the right person at the right time. And as I respond to the things of God, well, I get a range of fruit. When I walk into this place and I am worshipping and intentionally reaching to try to, I want to experience God more. And then I respond to him, whether it's here in prayer or in worship or as I walk out. Well, I know that I'll continue to produce fruit. But the problem is when we are exclusively focusing on how do I look like, how do I just make fruit and I forget about the roots and the trunk. Well, we are manufacturing something that is far outside of our control. We might be making temporary fruit. The Bible talks about everlasting fruit, eternal fruit. That's what that I want to have. Now, Bob Logan, one of the thoughts behind, thinkers behind a lot of this, he says this is what experiencing God is to him, intentionally and uh, consistently engaging with God in such a way that is leading towards a deeper understanding of and relationship with him. It's why we talk spiritual disciplines, why we talked prayer and fasting at the start of the year is that we might continually experience God. That it enables us to be responsive to what he's saying. This is why we go to small groups and talk about, well, what's God saying to you and try to, oh, that's so cool. How are you going with that? Oh, not good. Oh, that's all right. Well, let's keep trying. Let's keep, let's keep training. Let's keep hearing from God and go out and respond to what he's saying to you in the right way. As our roots grow down into the things of God, let them grow down and we might see this fruit come out from us. Because this is what training is, responding and hearing. See, following where he's leading. See, we grow our roots down into Christ when we intentionally celebrate. When we talk about well, what we know is a lot of the spiritual disciplines, here's a quick summary of how, how we train as Christians, different ways anyway. When we intentionally celebrate, when we praise and worship in his presence, when we pray, when we fast, when we surrender to God, when we intentionally and faithfully give, when we gather to hear the word of God preached or read the word of God ourselves, our roots grow when we discuss with others the gospel and when we consider Christ in solitude. All of these things build up our, our training regime. All of these things are the things that all of us, like you, you will find ultimately one day that you just look more like Jesus. How? Well, you trained for transformation. I hope for a Ronald Cameron experience where people stand and say, I saw you one day and I saw you the next day and they were two different people. But until then, I'll follow the word of God as it says, come on, continue to train yourself. Train yourself in godliness. Be someone who looks to discipline yourself and grow your roots down into Christ and see what he can do in and through you. 
Oh, these are the means of growing and not the goal themselves. As we know, the goal is to be like Jesus. See, I suspect, I was challenged a little while ago with the idea that if we were to ask the Apostle Paul or, or James or John, we would ask them how their spiritual life is going. I don't think that they would have responded determined based on their frequency of devotions that week how often they had quiet time in prayer. Although those things are important, but that tends to be how we talk about it. That's my default. You go, how is your spiritual life going, Doug? I recount how much Bible did I read this week and how often did I pray? See, I think if you were to ask these guys back then how, how their spiritual life was going, how they're being transformed, they would be answering based on are they loving God and loving people more? Are they, are they walking around like they witnessed Jesus walk around? Do they go into circumstances, or more importantly, I think exit circumstances in the way Jesus did? Are they responsive to the Holy Spirit that day or, or did they take the lead and hope God blessed everything that they touched? So you think their response would have been less about ticking the box and more about, am I being, more about the person that they are becoming, not just the tasks that they are doing. And that is the crux of spiritual transformation is it is about the people that we are becoming more like Jesus or more like me I want to become more like Christ and I just know that these things the Holy Spirit uses to forge us into people that are like Jesus and look at what Galatians 5.25 says since we are living by the Spirit let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life every part Every single part, we, we try to separate what is spiritual and what is secular in our world. But can I tell you, if you're involved, it's spiritual. That God is not just wanting to transform your prayer life and transform your devotion life and transform just the spiritual moments of your life. If you're involved, you are spiritual entirely. And He wants to transform every single part of your life. James 1.22 says, But don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. And these are the things that I think the apostles would reflect back. Well, because they're the ones that wrote this. About going, reading God's Word is fantastic, but are we responding to it? Are we allowing it to, to, are we meditating on it and allowing it to transform and change our internal desires that we be enabled to respond in an appropriate way? That's why I keep saying the issue here is who we are becoming, not the tasks that we are doing. These are very important tasks, but God uses them to lead us into life and life abundantly. See, my personal feeling, if I look back over, the rest, uh, over my life and maybe over a lot of people I've walked alongside with, the thing that I would see clear is that we have bought into this philosophy very strongly of letting go and letting God. Just we'll let God take it over. He'll do what He wants and I'll continue to do what I want. And if God wants, then He will redirect me. And, and man, I backed myself in so much that I would just follow His random leadings, even though I'm walking in a different direction. We let go and let God rather than being active participant in the transformation that God wants me to be involved in. In fact, it's all through the Bible is how active that God wants us to be in this transformative process. 
that we are involved. I just wish that he'd just take over and do it all himself, but he continues to ask us for active participation. Even Jesus constantly says it, and my favorite verse in the whole Bible is this one in Matthew. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all the fruit comes. Then everything else comes. Then all the blessing comes. Then everything, everything that we desire and we put first comes after we actively, that first word, seek as we seek Him, as we put Him, as we want, get our roots to grow further into Him, as I'm training to become more like Him and closer to Jesus, as I seek first the kingdom of God, everything else gets added. And honestly, church, if we, if we are people who want to experience the power of God to be transformed more and more into the image of Jesus, we just keep saying is the goal of the Christian life. My prayer is that in everything you do or as much as you can, you are training for transformation that you're letting your roots intentionally and consistently grow into the things of God, looking to experience God in everything that we do, hearing Him when you're at work or at the gym, considering Jesus talking to you, when, when you're thinking of new strategies or struggling with the kids or talking in a cafe that you are open to saying, this is a, a God experience moment because, well, He wants to transform it, that He wants to redeem all of this. Would we consider God and allow our roots to grow deeper into Him? And we would be surprised, I think, when we consider Jesus in more and more than just our, our moments in the morning, we'd be surprised how often He's there. We'd be surprised how often He's working within us, changing our desires and enabling us to be more and more like Him. Imagine what the world would look like if we grabbed a hold of the understanding that, well, I'm in training today for the moment that I turn up and just really wish that I was more like Jesus. That I'm training today to be able to see more miracles tomorrow. I'm training today that I might be a disciple maker. I'm training today that the kingdom of God might come to earth more and more because of me, not just in spite of me. I'm training for transformation for my life, my family, for this world, to see what God could do in and through me because here's the good news, church is that when we look to experience God and move closer to Him, is that regardless of our past, who we've become as of today, when we experience God, our future possibilities open up. Is that He starts to work within us, changing us, improving us, turning us into the people we were created to be, uh, those people that, that look maybe different to how we do right now, but people who walk in joy, in peace, in power, just walk it with, filled with the grace of God to make a difference in this world, in our lives. What God could do in and through people who understood that I'm not just trying my hardest to be a Christian, but I'm allowing God to transform the inside of me that will affect the outside of me. Come on, let's pray together, church. Father, I thank you. Lord, that you do a lot of the heavy lifting in our life, whether we give you credit for it or not, whether we know it or not, that you are always present and Lord, we are sometimes listening. Oh, I'm so grateful that you don't abandon us, that you don't, don't change depending on our performances, but you are faithful and consistent. Well, I pray that as the church here, the believers in the, in the room, that, that we grow in these things of, of constant awareness, that we grow in experiencing the things of God, that we are bold in our responsiveness to, to what you're doing in us, the enablement that you put in us. Lord, that we'd see the fruit, the everlasting fruit, the miracles, Lord, the, the healing, the disciples being made, the, the, the ministries being started. 
that we would see the fruit consistently coming from our life because we are training for transformation. We're not hoping that one day we just, you know, worship is fire and one day I walk out different to how I walked in. Lord, we, no, I'm walking with you. Oh, Lord, I'm so thankful that you don't let go of me even when I ignore you. You're too good for us. You're too good for me. Lord, I'm so grateful. Now, as every eye is closed and head is bowed, maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life before. I don't know what the reason would be. Maybe you've never heard, given the opportunity. Maybe you feel that you've been disqualified from the things in your past. I just want to tell you that your past is irrelevant when we turn to Jesus. When we come back to Him and say, God, I want to know you. I want you in my life. The old is gone and He makes you a brand new person. Wipes the slate clean, throws all that sin away and we start brand new. And we walk in the things that, well, the path that He sets out for us, we walk into goodness. We walk into purpose. We walk into freedom. And so if that's you this morning, you want to grab hold of the things of God and say yes to Him coming into your life and you following Him. I want to give you that chance right now, just between you and Him. And as an outward sign of that inward decision, would you just raise your hand in the air saying, God, I want to know you. I want you to come into my life. I want you to change. I want you to help me break through things that I can't break through without you. Is that you this morning? Fantastic. That's right, anyone else this morning? Cool. That's great. Church, would you pray with me? And if, if you're making this decision, here's just a simple prayer. You can, you can pray now or later in your own words. Is the beginning of this relationship. Lord, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me, that he overcame death in the grave, that I could be brand new. Lord, I put my faith in you. Lord, help me become who you created me to be. Lord, thank you for wiping my sin away, that I'm a new creation. I'm brand new with you, Jesus. Lord, help me find the freedom you died for. Lord, that I might live out of purpose and make a difference in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.